Now, for those of you who follow my personal social media pages, you know that I mentioned a while back that I had a big announcement that I was going to be making. Well, yesterday I officially went public with it, and I am happy to announce here on the Boochcast that Booch Fest is returning. And it is coming to the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The show will be taking place on November 3rd at 8 p.m. And that will be the first of many shows that will be taking place on a bi-weekly basis, which means starting November 3rd, every other Thursday, there will be a comedy showcase at the Anchor Bar. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Rushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are the Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good, Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young, Devin Cruz, from AEW, Griff Garrison, The Russian Wolf, Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0, Dave Wills, it's still real to me, damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper, Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions, The Heat Seekers, Born Scum, Chase Lovelace, Stan the Man Lee, from AEW Dark and Friday Night Smackdown, Marcus Cross, Outlaw Randy Wayne, from AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox, The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage, and many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at combat underscore pro underscore wrestling to find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking Games. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more. I've cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I press, I push, I yelled, I beg, hope it's some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will. 
fucks to give, my fucks have all run dry. I've tried to go fuck shopping, but there's no fucks left to buy. I've got no fucks to give, the more fucks I've tried to get. I'm over my fuck budget, and I'm now in fucking debt. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. He's been broken. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, you do this? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Being speaking, I'm not that broke, Vinny. Oh, here we go. Yep, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We have got a good episode of NXT here, but before we get into this whole damn thing, I, if you, for you guys, you may not know, here on the Boochcast, I, I have moments, I have moments, where I got to say what's on my mind, okay? I'm a real motherfucker, I don't know how to be quiet, if there's something on my mind, the Booch gonna say it, and if it makes you uncomfortable, so be it. But I gotta say this, at the time that we are recording this, and obviously at the time this NXT episode aired, we are in the midst of the midterm election, and it's about to come to a head. And so far, I can't speak, I'm not gonna speak for the rest of the world, I'm just gonna speak for here in Georgia. So 
far, as far as the Senate goes, Herschel Walker got 49.5% of the vote. Raphael Warnock got 48.5% of the vote. It literally just changed right in front of me. As far as the governorship goes, 54.2% of the vote goes to Brian Kemp. 45.2% goes to Stacey Abrams. Now, obviously, so far, the people I want to win are in the lead. And let me just say, I'm just happy this fucking thing is over in general because I am tired of seeing these bullshit ads on my computer. You know, whether I'm watching NXT or AEW or doing research for a project Zach and I are working on that will be revealed this coming Thursday when you watch the steroid trial episode of Dark Side of the Ring at the end of that, I'll be revealing multiple projects, one of which Zach and I are currently working on. Or when I just want to turn my brain off and watch shows like Scrubs or Dharma and Greg or Just Shoot Me, which is what I'm currently watching. I'm actually on the final season right now. Every time the sub bitch jumps to commercial and they don't let you skip the commercials, by the way. You got to sit through this shit. It's all the same thing. This person shouldn't be senator. This person shouldn't be governor. Look what this person did. What that person did. And blah, 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 blah. And literally, it's goddamn ridiculous. I got, it's either something about Herschel Walker being an asshole in his past or Raphael Warnock fucking up the economy or Stacey Abrams wanting to defund the police or Brian Kemp over here. Apparently, all the women are pissed at him over crazy shit because somehow somebody convinced the country even though like haven't found it written anywhere and by the way if you listen to this and you find it written anywhere please dm the boochcast send me a link to something i can read and i'll come on here and retract the statement but i have yet to see anything written where if you're a woman you're going to jail if you have a miscarriage i ain't read one goddamn thing that has said that and second of all there's no way he's that fucking stupid and i'm gonna tell you why he's not that fucking stupid because anybody knows there is a huge fucking difference between having an abortion and having a miscarriage. Now, I ain't gonna get into that whole abortion thing. I'm gonna save that for a later date because we're here to talk at XT. But here's the difference. An abortion is a choice. A miscarriage is not. That is something that happens for whatever reason. Whether something chemically in your body goes wrong or you have an accident. Like, by forbid, you get in a car accident or you fall down a flight of stairs or some horrible shit happens to you that causes it to happen. No way he could, there's no way he could constitutionally throw you in jail if you had an accident and lost a baby as a result. There's no fucking way he could do that. There is not a Supreme Court justice, Republican or Democrat on God's green earth that would make that constitutional. There's no fucking way. Unless you threw yourself down the stairs intentionally, that's not going to fucking happen to you. So this whole thing has gotten goddamn ridiculous. And I have seen these ads over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm sure you guys have seen them over and over and over and over and over again. I don't need to see an ad 50 fucking times. Second of all, what is the point in even having these ads. Has anyone ever watched a pro-political ad or an attack political ad and actually influenced your fucking decision? I don't know. Zach, you ever watched one of these and went, oh, I'm going to change my mind now. Does that ever happen to you? Nope. Not me neither. Pretty much. You already know, especially nowadays. I can't speak for 20, 30 years ago, but I definitely know in the modern day and age, I'd say about 98% of American people, you know exactly who you're going to vote for the moment you see the candidate's name. Some of you look to see which party he's in. You know, however you decide to vote. Some people vote for the party. Some people vote for the person. Whatever you want to do. But the point is, there's not an ad out there that's going to influence your decision. You already have your decision locked in your head. You're just waiting for the polls to open. Whether you go early or on the day. So really, it's a waste of fucking time. Especially when you can't skip it. And especially when you're seeing ads and you go, this is fucking stupid. Like, it's all goddamn ridiculous. And I'm only bringing it up now because I don't know when we're going to do another variety show. I know we got one in the 
can that's coming out in a couple months because I'm scheduling shit in advance. Sorry to break the fourth wall, but I had to bring this up now or I'm gonna go insane. I had to or I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. So I just want to say I'm glad this is over. Hopefully the guys I voted for will win. If they will, I'll be happy. If not, I'll be like, fuck, here we go again. Another two years of hell. But regardless, I'm just glad the fucking ads are over. How about you, Zach? You glad these ads are over? I can care less. Thank you. Good to know. All right. Now that I got that out of my system, we're going to go on to NXT. So... <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I want to let Zach have his moment there because he knows. I told him. I told him I was gonna do this before we were on the air. Like, just know I'm gonna say this fucking shit. Jesus Christ! Christ. Okay, this is why I don't vote, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. All right, so now we're going to move on to NXT. We're going to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. We got Cameron Grimes goes versus, goes one-on-one against Joe Gacy with the schism. Um, Great opening match. I, I did not suspect Joe Gacy to change up his outfit. Anyways, good uh, back-and-forth match. Uh, Cameron got a lot of moves in. Joe got a lot of moves in. It was a physical, brutal match. They did do the spot monkey bullshit. For a second there, I thought Cameron Grimes was going to win. But once again, a distraction from schism, which is expected to happen. All of a sudden, bam, one, two, three. But I thought this was actually a stellar match, and Joe Gacy's bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, well, obviously, they're changing up the wardrobe because now the schism is trying to establish themselves more as a faction, so they're trying to dress a little more similar. They're coming out as a unit. Like, you even notice, like, when they played the music of the schism, all four of them were already out there in the masks. It wasn't... I, I was trying to sit there and go, wait a minute, is there a new member of the group? I thought it was four random people out there and Joe Gacy was going to come through the curtain down the ramp but no all four of them were, Joe Gacy was standing out there as if he was a, he was part of the he was part of the group he was just there which I get on the one hand I get why they're doing that they're trying to do the four roots one tree but if you're the leader you should always be front and center or in the back if you're trying to get your faction minions to protect you from something but you should always be out in front if you're doing an entrance establishing yourself as the leader, especially if this is a cult. The cult leader, he might from time to time blend with the group, but every now and then, he puts himself just a slight step above to let people know who's in charge. So, I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, although, I will say this. As you guys know, um, if you watch, if you listen to the male soap opera moment, you know, one thing I've been unhappy about and one thing I have not been able to stand is the constant interference from Rhea Ripley of the Judgment Day, and how in the process, it buries the men that the Judgment Day are facing. Especially since there's no repercussions for her actions because apparently in or a, in wrestling today wrestling a woman is like going to a strip club you can't touch them but they can touch you that's pretty much the standard the only difference is the girls in WWE keep their clothes on unfortunately so it, it's for goddamn ridiculous but at least with Ava Rain she's interfering in such a way to where it doesn't bury anyone because all she does is give him a push off the turnbuckle mess up his balance that's not weak because anybody can climb up and push somebody off a, off a turnbuckle or get off your balance. She's not body slamming him. She's not hitting him with a kendo stick. She's not hitting him with a super kick and knocking him out. She just give him a little nudge. And then Grimes hits his finisher. No, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, Gacy hits his finisher for the win. So I thought it was very well done. And Ava Rain should be the one to cost them because she's the newest member. So she needs to, you know, continue to prove her worth and her loyalty to the schism. And I love the way they're going about it. Agreed, sir. Absolutely agreed. I was like, I, like, I agree with you with 
with uh, what's going on with uh, Rhea Ripley. Think of it with this right here. She didn't actually physically hurt them. She just pushes them off, and Casey took advantage. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yes. And right. and on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We see Axiom, who tells Nathan Fraser he will bounce back from his injury. JD McDonald walks in and craps on Fraser for being hurt, and Axiom for acting like the injury isn't as bad as it is. So Axiom challenges JD McDonough to a match later tonight. Uh, okay. I don't know why this is here. We had two high flyers. One of them looked like a Power Rangers ripoff. <laughs> and and uh, JD McDonough comes in and is like, okay, being at the X. And I'm like, okay, this was pointless. I didn't understand it, but okay. Well, they were doing this because the two of them are obviously friends. And Nathan obviously got injured during, yeah, I think it was the, I can't remember if it was a match with JD or if it was a, the latter match at um, Halloween Havoc. But either way, Nathan's out of action. So Axiom's trying to be supportive. And JD is just, you know, being the heel, whatever. So it sets up a match. And I gotta say, I like this new side of JD. Because before he was kind of like, you know, menacing and looking at ways to hurt people. Now you can clearly tell that JD gets triggered. And I think that uh, Dragunov coming in has kind of brought that side out of JD that makes him, uh, you know, pissed off and insecure and, you know, easily triggered. Kind of like that. So either way, I thought it was a great segment, even though it was leading to a match that most of us probably wouldn't want to see. And on that note, uh, we're going to cut to the backstage area. Uh, we got at the barbershop, Trick Williams asked Carmelo Hayes what's next. Hayes says he made the North American Championship more important than the NXT Championship. Hayes gives Wesley his props, but he never pinned him. Next week, there will be a contract signing, and Hayes promises to end Lee's reign. Okay, listen, Carmelo. If, if you hear this, stop going for the North American Championship. Then you're not tired of it. You're better than that. Go for the big title or hook up with Trick Williams and go for the tag team title. But no, you still want to go on with a fucking succession like a crackhead on crack. Don't quote me on that and everything else. So, ugh, I did not like this. I'm tired of him going for the North American Championship. Any of your thoughts? Um, I love the fact you said a crackhead on crack. That's kind of redundant, but all right. Um, I like the words like you said that he's a transitional chump. He's a paper champ. Because in a lot of ways, Wesley is. Because again, when Wesley won the title, it was vacant. Anytime, and I don't care who you are. See, the word paper champion gets misused a lot in wrestling. A paper champion is not someone who wins a title in an unfair way or wins the title in a squash or whatever. A paper champion is someone who wins a title that is vacant. It means you want a title that was manufactured. You didn't win it from the actual champ because someone got stripped of the title and the title was held up and someone else could fight for it. So it's like, all right, you ain't the real champ yet. It's the, it's kind of like, in a way, it can be kind of like an interim championship, but it's not because, you know, you won the belt. It's just, you ain't the real champ yet. And that's the case in any sport. It's how it is in wrestling. It's how it is in boxing. It's how it is in, well, not UFC because they use interim titles, but that it's like that scene in Ali when he was trying to convince Joe Frazier to give him a title shot. The reason, you know, Joe Frazier won the title, but he didn't beat Ali to get it because Ali was stripped of the title because he was in court for refusing induction into the Vietnam War. So that's why he said, look, I already got the title. I got nothing to win. I got everything to lose. And Ali looked him in the eye and said, yeah, but you know you ain't the real champ yet. And that's what got Fraser to say yes because he realized he's not the real champ, but he will be if he beats Ali. Because then it's like, look, I beat Ali, which he did. In that fight, he ended up winning. So Ali got, you know, Fraser got to proudly say he was the champ after that. So that's kind of what's going on here. Wesley, yeah, he's got the title, but he ain't the real champ because because technically, Carmelo lost to Solo Sequoia, but then Shawn Michaels made Solo Sequoia relinquish the title because he got called at the SmackDown. So Carmelo still thinks that's his title, even though he ain't the real champ either. Because he wasn't stripped. Because again, Solo Sequoia was stripped of the title. So both these men are trying to fight for a title that isn't theirs. But Carmelo.
Carlo still thinks it's his because he felt he got screwed by the Solo Sequoia challenge. So in a way, it tells a great story. So if Wesley can beat Carmelo Hayes, he'll prove once and for all that he's the real champ. But if Carmelo takes it back, then obviously Wesley was a fluke. And this puts me in a conundrum because on the one hand, as Zach mentioned earlier, I don't want to see Carmelo with the North American belt anymore. I want to see him move on to something else because he's held it enough. But at the same time, I ain't a fan of Wesley. So I don't know I don't know where I want to go here. I, I honestly don't know who to root for in this match. I will say this though. If Wesley is able to win, then Carmelo's got to stop. Then Carmelo needs to stop chasing this belt. Let him and Trick go for the tag belts or try to win the big one after that. If he loses this match, he cannot go for this belt again. And I think that should be included in the contract signing that he can never challenge for the North American title again. And they might do it as long as Wesley's champion or whatever. But by that time, he should be able to move on to bigger and better things. But if Wesley wins, then I guess he's holding on to it for a while. I'm just going to have to tolerate it. Okay. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. Sol Ruka goes one-on-one against Electra Lopez. To tell you the truth, I do call this a match. Sol uh, Ruka put up a good fight against Electric Lopez. We automatically know that Electric Lopez was going to bet. But these two ladies, to me, beat the shit out of each other. Sol Ruka put up a good run. Electric Lopez hit her finisher. I like the, I like the name of her finisher. One, two, three. And all of a sudden, any heart run attacks Lopez, and the referee has to separate the two women. But I enjoyed the match. I did. At least it wasn't a squash. Really? Because it felt like one. Not to me. I mean, Lopez has dominated most of this match. Obviously, but she got heart and she put up a good fight. Yeah. She got a couple moves in. Yeah. She did. I mean, she might have put up a decent fight, but clearly this was Electra's night. You know, they were they were trying to establish that she's back and she's dominant because she was able to, you know, or got able to, you know, reestablish herself after she got kicked out of Legato del Fantasma from, for booking reasons that still don't make any fucking sense. And she's not realigning with uh, the Don, you know, which I think is doesn't make any sense either. Tony D, I don't know why she's there. She's not going back with them, but she's wants to establish herself as a badass. And I will say this: if if Alba Fire can't get the job done against Mandy Rose, which we're going to talk about uh, after this, if she don't get the job done, then Electra needs to be the champion because I feel like she's 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 the one dominant badass that hasn't taken an L from Mandy Rose. Yeah, okay, I agree with you on that. All right. And then of course after the match, Indy Hartwell attacks Lopez. Uh, the referees separate the two. I felt that fight was half-assed. I don't feel like they tried hard enough. Yeah. I really didn't like that fight. Or I got broken up too early. Not just that, but like it's like Electra's throwing forearms. Indy's not even trying to fight back or defend herself, or if she is, she's doing it barely. And it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe the ref's supposed to come out sooner and she was waiting for them. It's like, no. This is the thing. If y'all are going to do a fight where ref's supposed to break it up, if the refs miss their cue, you two just fucking kill each other. You're supposed to go, 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 and then have people who are trained to grab and pull and tell them hold on tight for dear life because they're gonna go that's how you make a fight look believable instead of phony and that and that pull apart looked very phony i didn't like that i felt like these two ladies they could have done better with that and on that note we cut to a, a facetime call with jc jane and mandy rose jc apparently went shopping spent four grand in a, in a mall or something and yeah the fact four that she fucking is, grand yeah what the fuck did she spend four grand on she's a woman take a guess purses makeup purses, shoes, whatever. We're gonna get letters. I don't give a fuck. Anybody, anybody that can burn, anybody, man, any, yeah, it's like, I spent four grand, because I got four grand to throw around to buy random shit. Man, fuck that bitch. But hey, at least four it was grand. her money. Most women who do that use either their dad or their husband or their boyfriend's money. Now that, we're gonna get letters. But I don't care, because I, I tell the 
truth. So anyway, she's driving, go, talking about uh, talking about like being worried and stuff. Next thing you know, she's getting pulled over. But instead of a cop pulling her over, it was actually Alba Fire who pulls her out of the car, beats the crap out of her. Mandy's just sitting there. And then Alba comes into the frame and Mandy looks nervous as hell. And she's basically saying, uh, next week I'm going to take your title. And I will be the last woman standing. And they officially declare that next week on NXT, it will be Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire and a last woman standing match. I'll be looking forward to seeing that and I'm not keeping my hopes up at all, are you? No. Me neither. <laughs> I want to believe I was, that I Alba's like, going to win, but I don't think she will. I don't think she will either. I was like, I, I, like all the way I can, the only way it happens, I have to see it to believe it. Yeah, I have to see it. All right, sir. Sure, sure, right, go ahead. Your and time. next we cut to uh, the backstage area where we have um, Chase University. Uh, Andre Chase, Thea Hale, Duke Hudson, they're getting amped up for the match against Charlie Dempsey. And uh, Duke basically saying that they're gonna carry the flag, they're gonna win, and he learned from his he learned his lesson from last week, and this time we're gonna win the honorable way. I saw that right there. It's like okay, to just get pumped up for the match and everything else, and yeah, I was like okay, whatever, get fired up. That's what just get pumped up for the match. Yes, That's and what they were doing. Now last week on the show, uh, Zach had a question that I did not have the answer to. Um, this week I have discovered the answer. Um, oh, I know where this is. Where are you going? We now na- I now know why. <laughs> where we've now found out where Bodie Hayward is. He got released? Yes. He was released from NXT. Uh, They basically decided that his services were no longer required. That's why he's not here. So, now whether or not Duke Hudson's going to be a babyface or a heel remains to be seen, but the Bodie Hayward storyline has been scrapped because he's not there, and Triple H apparently is doing an assessment now of the people in the performance center. And basically, they're going to be evaluating like every six months to a year and within that time if they don't see a lot of progression or if they feel like you're not going to cut it then you're most likely getting released so and some people are on board with it other people are not and I have noticed that the people that are on board with it are the same people that give Vince McMahon shit when he cuts a bunch of people but I guess the difference here is Triple H is actually evaluating performance and not just making budget cuts I think that's the difference so basically it's motivation now for people to get their shit together and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Andre Chase with Thea Hale and Duke Hudson versus Charlie Dempsey. Very good match, actually. Every time that guy comes out there and does a match, he impresses me. Of course, Charles Dempsey, he looks identical to his dad. I wonder who that is. Vinny, hmm, who is that person? Uh, I think he's Regal's son. Look, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he is, too. He didn't just look alike, or we could be wrong. But this right here was great. Uh, back and forth and everything else. But then all of a sudden, Duke Hudson throws in the towel. I have seen that in a while and the Andre Chase is like what the fuck did you do Vinny yeah and there's the conflicting issue because you know obviously you know Andre Chase couldn't reach the ropes and I don't know maybe Duke thought he was doing the right thing and unfortunately that's the that's the disadvantage to having a manager or someone in your corner is they can throw in the towel if they think you know shit's about to go down and you have no chance of breaking out now in some cases the towel can be used in a baby face fashion. The towel can be used in a heel-like fashion. Uh, for example, we've seen uh, MJF throw in the towel for Cody Rhodes. Because at the time, MJF was kind of a situational baby face and was um, siding with Cody. But then he later turned on Cody Rhodes and went full-fledged heel uh, again. Um, we've also seen it with um, when Vince and Stephanie had a one-on-one match like a decade ago, almost 10 years ago. And Linda McMahon threw in the towel because Stephanie wouldn't say, I quit. Uh, so the situations where the towel can be used to solve a situation where it can cause a breakup because someone 
might get mad that you threw the towel in on them. It can tell the story further. Uh, there's a lot of things you could do with that. So the question here is, did Duke Hudson throw in the towel because he was genuinely concerned for Andre Chase? Or is he secretly trying to screw him over? Because he looked like he was concerned for Chase, but it was hard to tell because, you know, Duke Hudson's been, you know, a douche in the past. So this is the big issue that people are having is, is, is Duke Hudson on the level? And if he's not, when is that going to be revealed to everyone? Good point. But the match was good, though. Yes. He, Andre Tracy, when he's in that ring, he becomes a totally different person, especially when he does that change of C-H-A-S-E. What's that spell? Chase you. I always enjoy just seeing that because he always does it. Go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. Hank Walker goes one-on-one -on -one against Channing Stacks Lorenzo with Tony D'Angelo. No, this was not a match. Well, it was really just a filler. It was boring. I was watching, what the fuck is this dude doing? He, he has no gear on whatsoever. He does not need to take his shirt off. He can lay off the cheeseburgers. I thought this was stupid and pointless. At least Mr. Pepperoni guy won. Uh-oh. <laughs> Was it something I said? What about this fucking guy makes you think he pepperoni? I don't know. The dude's slimming in fucking shape. If anybody looks like a pepperoni, it's this wannabe security guy over here. That's your fucking pepperoni. You look like a pepperoni fucking hot pocket. You take it out of the package, place it directly in the toilet. Plush pocket. Hey. That's pretty much what the fuck's going uh, on over pockets. here. Exactly. That's what the fuck going on over here. But either way, like, yeah. Pokes him in the eye, drops a knee on the back of his head, he gets the fucking win. You do what you gotta do to get a victory round in. The more and more the kids impressing me. And of course, he's impressing the Don, which is all that fucking matters. Oh, joy. Yeah, it's a joyous moment. You should join us in celebration. Nah, I'm good. I got better things to do with my life. Oh, yeah, of course. Those, uh, yeah, that sweet water ain't gonna chug itself. Damn right it's not. And on that note, and the piss is not gonna eat itself either. Well, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza could eat itself. Yeah. That'd really be fucking impressive. Oh, I fucking hate you sometimes. <laughs> Pizza, baby. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. No. And on that note, we're going to carry on to the next segment because we've got the Grayson Waller effect. Waller goes on and on about how great he is. Waller's guests tonight are Braun Breaker and Von Wagner. The first fan question asks why Carmelo Hayes is stuck fighting for the North American Championship, but Wagner is getting an NXT title shot. Wagner says he doesn't care what people think about him. He's here for one thing, for the NXT title. The next question, craps on Breaker. Breaker says he has no problem taking criticism, but he knows that last year he was a rookie. But if you want something, you have to fight for it to take it. That's what he did. No one is taking the title from him. Wagner promises to take the title. Wagner and Breaker get in each other's faces. Mr. Stone tries to get involved, but Breaker slams his head into the table. Breaker and Wagner stare each other down. This right here, guys, was absolutely fantastic. Really, really good, because actually, it was actually very serious you can see Grayson Waller acting like a goofball, but he asked his questions. He did not get interrupted. Hmm, I bet that's a hit nice to hear every once in a while. This right here was great, and they took a lot of shots at each other, said a lot of things to each other. They got each other's faith, and when Bob Baker, without hesitation, was still looking at Von Wetter, smashed Mr. Stone's head on top of the table, I chuckled. Otherwise, this promo, this Grayson Waller effect it promo was fantastic. I loved every minute. I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be good. But my question is, is why the fuck are those two doing their match on TV. That is the question, and I've been thinking about it, and I think I have the answer. Mm. I think that's because for Deadline, they want that to be Breaker and Apollo Crews. I think that's more of a money-making match than this. Oh, yeah. You don't think so? I don't know, but... Mm. 
Mm, I don't okay. know what to think. Well, who do you think is a bigger star, Von Wagner or Apollo Cruz? Apollo Cruz. That's why it's more money. See, you, you look, okay. you're looking at the size of the athlete. You got to look at the star power they bring. That's where the money is. Apollo Cruz is a guy who's been here a long time. When he was in NXT the first time, everybody loved him. When he went up to the main roster, he got fucked six ways from Sunday. He briefly reinvented himself with a Nigerian gimmick, but eventually that flopped. So Apollo Cruz is not only a star from what he's done, he's got sympathy from the fans as he's trying to redeem himself down in NXT. So that's the moneymaker. That's the match you want to focus on is Apollo Cruz versus Braun Breaker. So I would put that on the premium live event and put this on free TV because Von Wagner ain't worth a damn. Sorry, but he ain't. I mean, yeah, he's crushed a few jobbers. He had a good few with Solo Sequoia. But he hasn't done shit. Yeah, and and like and it's like we said before, in that ladder match at Halloween Havoc, oh, how much shine God. did he really get? None. None. So clearly, there's no money in this match. None. Now, why the last woman standing match is going to be on free TV is beyond my comprehension. Oh, God, that's right. I want to figure that shit out. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that shit. But that should be a deadline, no doubt about it. So we're gonna see where this goes. I just, and my favorite part is when he slammed uh, Mr. Stone's head into the table because he wasn't even looking at it. He just goes, "Boom! Shut up!" How many times have you seen that in movies where the dude keeps on talking and like the main badass, like the good guy, just grabs a drunk or, or the drunk dude and just smashes his head and, just, and he just or just shoots him in the head without hesitation. In this case, he just smashes his head. That was actually the most funniest part of the whole thing. But the segment right here was actually. Oh yeah. It was hilarious, dude. It was hilarious. I loved every second of it. It was very, very, very enjoyable. If I was one of those guys off the of our life, I think I would hear like maybe smack Grayson Wilder because he gets on my nerves. Love him, but I sort of go like, dude, just shut up. Anyways, moving on. Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, after this, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have JD McDonough versus Axiom. You mean Sinkara 2.0? Anyways, this right here, um, to tell you the truth, the Axiom guy, he impressed me against McDonough. He kept on um, getting his, uh, into some missions, everything was going great until he landed wrong. He did a botch and he, his knee was messed up and JD took advantage of that and twisted his, his leg where it wasn't supposed to go and he was too injured to continue. When there is JD McDonough, I was like, do I call this a match? He was being a little filler but the Axiom guy, Zinkara, Power Rangers looking motherfucker, he put up a good fight. He got some heart, but that's not the point. Everybody knew JD was going to win, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, they're obviously not going to do anything to hurt JD McDonough's push. I mean, clearly they see something in him for the future. They're going to make him as dominant as possible. Um, obviously, they're not ready to put the title on him yet, the, at least the main title, but they're giving him stuff to do in the meantime. And, you know, obviously he's, uh, you know, hurt Axiom. Axiom couldn't stand, so the referee had to stop the match. So J.D. McDonald once again wins a match via referee stoppage. Because it's basically showing he's out to hurt people, not just to win. And he's trying to get rid of everybody that's in his way. And that's how Dragunov got carried off in the stretcher. And now this happened to Axiom. We'll find out who the next victim is. So, the match like that was very meticulous. And he, he's he's still very much planning what he wants to do. He even said, he he, he didn't injure him. He only, he only, he severely strained the knee, but didn't completely tear it because he's a nice guy. And he's begging for someone to get on his level. So now, J.D. McDonough wants to establish himself as a legit badass so that he can ascend up the ladder. And he did. He, po- he, he 
he strained that knee. They heard something. Booker T even said, I heard something pop. I heard it. And now Axiom's going to be on the shelf alongside Nathan Fraser. So we won't see the spot monkey shit from them for quite a while. Yay. Yes. And we can say that because this is obviously a kayfabe injury. These aren't real injuries. True. Because if they were real injuries, we would not be celebrating because that would be douchey. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. The five-minute challenge... Brutus Creed versus Damon Kemp. These two fine young gentlemen beat the living shit out of each other. It was going back and forth, and all of a sudden, the chair came into play. Damon Kemp tried to hit him in the chair, but Brutus took it out of his chair. And he said, screw it. Shrugged the shoulder. Do you know what uh, one of the announcers says? That he got his receipt. That made me laugh. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah he did. It was like, and Brutus Creed fucking destroyed them and laid them out like a rag doll. The match was good. They got moves in because they booked it well for once. I thought this was actually very enjoyable. Should have gone longer but i enjoyed it you got and like you said bruce got his receipt in a big way yes because although damon kemp won the match it was only by disqualification because brutus beat the hell out of him with the chair and of course the commentators covered it up by explaining brutus Cree was not out to win the match he just wanted to hurt damon kemp so this is perfect because brutus gets his revenge he gets to wallow the shit out of him with that chair but damon gets the win which helps keep him strong which he needed to look a little strong after after the ambulance match loss at Halloween Havoc. So it's like, okay, Damon got the W, even though Brutus got his revenge. So it worked out perfect for both parties involved. And then even after the mm-hmm. match, he continues the chair assault as Sangha and Veer are on the platform watching. You think next week we're going to see something between them? Yes, and what I want to know is why. What what reason does Sangha and Veer have to go after Diamond Mine when they don't have the titles? That's what's confusing me. Like, if y'all's goal is to be dominant, y'all are big motherfuckers. Skip to the end of the line and go after Pretty Deadly. Why are you wasting time with the Creed Brothers? So, at some point, one of these motherfuckers, if they can talk, needs to get on the goddamn mic and give us some type of reason why you're fucking around, dicking around with the Creed Brothers, when y'all are easily dominant enough to go straight to Pretty Deadly. Okay. It, it makes no sense. Does it make any sense to you? Because it makes no sense to me. No, it not make no sense. Yeah. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Caden Carter and Katana Chance defend the titles against Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. To tell you the truth, I thought this was actually, I don't know, kind of boring. What about you? This is a disappointing main event. It was a very disappointing main event. I was like, seriously? I was like, it's like, you put these two out here again. I was like, alright, they're gonna win. They're gonna win. Boy, was I wrong. And they did it when I was like, okay. I was like, these two, the Katana Chance and let's say the other person's name. Okay, your tag team title is kind of stale right now. And they did not put it on Zoe Starks and the Nikita uh, Lions. After the match, they were all shaking her head. And all of a sudden, Zoe Starks takes the tag team time and knocks out Nikita Lions. And now Zoe Stark is a heel. And the other tag team went, what well, that do with you? Okay, bye bye. <laughs> I was like, this is a fucking boring ass match to me. Curse. I was like, okay, can we get this done with? That's what I was waiting on. All right, come on. Blah, blah, blah. But nah, very disappointing. Vinny? Here's the thing. This was disappointing for two reasons. One, we already saw this match. Match. Mm-hmm. Been there, done it, smoked it, humped it, called it an Uber. That's number one. Number two, they lost again. Why even have this match? Just to turn Zoe Stark heel? Maybe. And break this team up? Mm-hmm. And I knew it. I said, if they lose, they got to split this team up because there's nothing 
nothing else left for them to do. But here's my question. Why would you split them up? They're such a good team. There's no, Kane Carter, Katana Chance. There's no reason for them to keep these belts anymore. You don't have a solid women's division. There shouldn't be women's tag titles, period. There are not a lot of tag teams to work with. It's just going to be another game of throwing random bitches together to make this title mean something. It's no different than the main roster. I still can't believe they have those fucking belts. I thought after Naomi and Sasha walked down the company, those belts would be fucking gone. But for some fucked up reason that I've yet to comprehend, they're still here. It's it's ridiculous. It's for goddamn ridiculous. Now, my question is, what is this going to lead to? Is Zoe, If Zoe Stark wins this feud, is she going to go for the women's title? Is Nikita Lyons going to go for the women's title? So I'm going to tell you something right now. If somehow, someway, Mandy Rose survives the last woman standing match that's taking place next week, Nikita Lyons is going to be the only one out of the two credible enough to take her on. Because Zoe Stark already got already got her ass whooped. Twice. Got injured the first time. Came back. Got her ass whooped again. So Nikita Lyons would be the only logical choice. So she would have to whoop Zoe Stark, get to Mandy Rose, and take the belt. There's no other way for this to work. Now, if Alba Fire is able to take the title next week, then you can have some more fun with this. Because Zoe Stark's never faced Alba Fire, to my knowledge. So she could win the feud, go for the belt, and whatever. But either way, this was this main event was not interesting. It had a predictable finish. The only thing that was a shock was the the heel turn from Zoe Stark. Because even though I saw, even though I knew it it, it would ha- it would have to happen, I had no guarantee that it was gonna happen. There's a lot of times on this show where I say they should, this would need to happen, or this should happen, or this is the route they should go. They don't always listen to me. I said it before, and I'll say it again. They kick me out of the writers' room all the time because they don't want logic. No, they don't. It gets in the way of their fantasy. Oh boy. So either way, this main event was not the least bit interesting, and it was not. It was. It, it, it just it what was a decent card the whole thing just went flat after this this was a waste of time yep okay <laughs> yeah it was boring well i mean the card was way better than last week i promise you that but it was yeah. okay i enjoyed some moments and then there's some shitty moments like i mean a bit the whole thing was a big clusterfuck oh well what, what could you do <laughs> what are you gonna do and uh <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen will officially wrap up uh this recap of nxt zach as always i think you've taken time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh i look forward to seeing you on the next one absolutely all right and uh before we officially wrap this up i'll give a quick little update here uh since the midterm thing's still going on uh here in georgia and i'm only speaking for georgia because that's where we live i can't speak for the rest of the country uh apparently uh herschel walker and Raphael warnock both got 49 percent of the vote however uh i don't know but the only difference is um walker's up by like a thousand according to the vote count herschel walker has 1700 has sorry 1 million seven hundred fifty six thousand eight hundred and thirty two votes and Warnock has 1,755,487 votes. So Herschel Walker's still high, but I think the reason they're both at 49% is because the Libertarian Chase Oliver is at 2%. <laughs> He's got 72,301 votes. But even though they're both at 49%, Herschel Walker has a higher vote count. But it's by like 1,000 or so. And in the governor's section, uh, Brian Kemp's got 53.8% of the vote, and Stacey Abrams got 45.5%. So Brian Kemp is, in, uh, is still in the lead. Are you happy? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm very happy. Very happy. And uh, really, 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 really nice? Really evil? Uh, it's very nice. Not very evil. <laughs> if it was with the opposite, it'd be very evil. Plus, that's that's not the show for that. That's that's another that's another that's another gimmick for another show. And um, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosted site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites also like us on facebook go to facebook
facebook.com slash the boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the uh, the uh, male soap opera moment where the Wednesday and I gave our predictions for WWE Crown Jewel. And also be on the lookout uh, next week uh, as we will be providing a recap of Crown Jewel that the Wednesday and I will be recording on Friday. So it'll air sometime next week. It'll be on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get latest tweets, photos, and videos. Especially on Instagram, we got the latest reel of a clip from a Booch in the car where Zach and I fight over a capsule. It's gotten a lot of great reviews on the Instagram already. People are loving it, so oh, Lord. go check that out. It's hilarious. Um, Please don't. And of course, visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And of course, be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Of course, Zach and I still have our uh, Extreme and Obscene Rob Black's XPW video out there. And also, this Thursday, the Steroid Trials review drops Thursday at 3 p.m., which will reveal the bonus projects that will be coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. One of which Zach and I have been working diligently on for quite some time, and the other three will be coming out at a later date once schedules allow. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. We'll be getting together for Survivor Series at 8 p.m. We're going to be getting together for the big event, which consists of the War Games. That's right. We're going to be getting together for the War Games at 8 p.m. Make sure you guys join us live on Twitch for this big event. We'll have a special treat dropped on the Twitter page around 7 p.m. so you guys can follow along with us and have a kick-ass time. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that we have in the works that you're going to love. And uh, also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. Our first basic level is 99 cents, $1 per month. Our second level is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold of the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. So to that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network and unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to give a Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try oh lord we try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka The Booch say keep on living life and take care this has been The Booch Cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. And
you. And you. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>